0: Hi, I'm Dr. Andrea Stover, licensed marriage and family therapist, and you're listening to the Modern Day Romantic Podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. Today, we're going to be talking about a really important phenomenon, especially for romantics. As a fellow romantic myself, honestly, nothing is more disheartening, disturbing, and and just quite frankly, heartbreaking than this phenomenon I'm calling from Prince Charming to Prince Alarming. And yes, this could be Princess Charming to Princess Alarming as well. There are so many horror stories out there. So many when it comes to the dating world, what it's like to, to put yourself out there, there you are looking for love, there you are looking to find a special person to share your life with, to share yourself with, only to encounter these, I'm going to say, darker figures, these, these individuals that I, I'm going to say maybe don't even have the capacity to really care about you, given what they have going on inside themselves, their own pathologies. Um, yes, we could throw out diagnoses. I know things like, you know, narcissistic personality disorder or sociopaths or psychopaths, these types of things. And that's it's not really the direction I'm wanting to go, but I need to name that before we can get where I want to go. So there's so much out there around narcissistic abuse healing from abusive relationships, trying to recover, trying to, you know, put the fragments and the pieces of you back together after going through just these awful, awful experiences. And so I, I trust that, you know, kind of where some of those resources are as well. But how do we keep the romantic in you, that, that pure heartedness, that, that part that just believes in the power of love? How do we protect that part? How do we ensure that that part heals after going through these, these encounters? And by the way, this isn't just relegated to the, the world of, of dating. I know there's also marriages or just long-term committed partnerships that people are in with, with figures that have, have really done a number on one's psyche. And it's, it's very, very detrimental. And I take this very seriously. So when I was thinking about this, I I was kind of asking myself this question about, well, you know, what, what can we do about this? What could we maybe learn from these experiences? How do we heal from this? And this episode is by no means the answer to all of those questions, but it's some food for thought that I just wanted to offer. So let's talk in general in relationships, One question I've always been curious about and interested in is how do we decide, you know, who the right person is for us, or if we want to stay in a particular relationship with someone, if we want to proceed and see where it might go? And I think this is a really, really important question, and maybe you could automatically answer it, but when I reflect on it, I think that a lot of people don't necessarily consciously decide. I think the decision just happens. It's it kind of just, um, whether that be like you've been with someone for a while and it just naturally unfolds or develops into something, or more so in the encounters that we're talking about today, these kind of alarming encounters, what I really think happens is there's not really a decision because They very often come about from these huge initial encounters that are very ungrounding, that are very all-encompassing. So it's almost like one day, maybe you're single or you're kind of living your own life. And the next, you are in this vortex. You are in something with someone and you don't really know. I mean, it just happened. You don't really know... uh, if how you, you consciously chose that, or if you did, you're just there. These initial in- encounters with prince or princess charming are very disarming. They uh, really are um, almost a way of falling under a spell or um, being ever so slightly, you know, lifted off the ground and taken into a different realm of or reality. And when I say that, I'm saying, so hear me say, off the ground. So if we're not on the ground, we're not in our bodies, we're not seeing behind our own eyes, we're in a different dimension there. And that's a really important thing. So from that place, we're automatically entangled in something, in this in this vortex or in this encounter. And it can be the most delicious feeling in the world, I'm sure, just to, oh my gosh, like how uplifting, literally. How, what a high, right to be above to be taken off the ground some of this is pretty standard for any relationship uh, in that initial encounter and then there's the typical okay we kind of start to settle down right we come back to the ground and we maybe see oh you're not the the god or goddess i kind of projected onto you initially You're a human, you've got some imperfections and okay, you know, we, we're still going to proceed here. But anyways, this decision of how we proceed in relationships, I think that's wiped away from us in these, these types of encounters with a, a prince or princess alarming type of person. So how do we counteract that? How do we, how do we recover after something like that? And how do we maybe get ahead of this in the future? What I'm talking about is discernment. And in order to employ this function, this this ability to discern within yourself, you're going to have to be connected to yourself. And I have identified four different things that I think could really help um, kind of these dichotomies that occur. And one is more uh, where the discernment could be. And one is where we're kind of in the shadow of maybe in an illusion or fantasy bubble. So let me explain what I mean. The first one that I've come up with is making decisions blindly versus informed. Okay, so that's that's one way discernment shows up. So when we're making a decision from an informed place, that means we have our minds, our hearts, and our guts, all online, connected. We are in our bodies. We are able to sense, feel, be aware of information from from various sources that we may be kind of uh, filtering or taking in. So using the body to make informed choices. Informed choices can also be really having our own experience, but Ideally, having a close support network, uh, family, friends. Uh, maybe a therapist, just some some good, solid, grounded people in your life that will maybe be able to offer some type of insight that might be counter to what you're experiencing. And that doesn't mean that they're right and you're wrong. It just means, okay, there are multiple perspectives here from people that know me, love me, see me, and have have kind of been on this journey with me that might help me make an even more informed decision for myself. So when we're not in discernment, I think this, the the shadow side of that would be kind of blindly falling into something or finding ourselves going along, you know, uh, going through the motions, following someone else's lead, falling uh, victim or prey to someone else's will for us. So if we can stay in that informed state, if we know, oh, how, am I, how do I know that I'm making an informed decision here? As best I can, because you can't know the future, you can't predict things. But in the here and now, how do you make informed decisions? What what informs the decisions you make? And really knowing yourself and what the the, the different sensory signals and, and ways you take in information. Okay, the next one that I've come up with with this discernment is Making decisions from a place of trust versus lust. You can hear how much discernment would need to be able to go into trust versus lust. Lust is going to be more of that, um, you know, less thought, less consciousness, more instinctual, more body based, but in, again, an exclusively lustful state, as opposed to. Trust. So the trust is only able to be built through time. We can utilize discernment as we spend more time, as we as we practice patience, as we take progressed and measured steps when we meet someone that we're not expecting to, you know, just fall into something and and automatically know from the beginning. Because this is something that romantics Really, really, really are vulnerable and susceptible uh, to, to falling into, which is, well, I'll just know. I'll just know, and then therefore I'll just, you know, go along and, and be wide open. So if we are practicing discernment, this is another piece of protecting yourself from these alarming figures that may cross your path measured, you know, we're going on this date and then we're going on that date, or I'm going to see you through time. I'm going to see you through different seasons. I'm going to see you around other people and I'm going to really develop. I'm going to go through things myself. I'm going to see how you're there for me, how you're really there for me, not just through charming me, but really able to hold the space for and with me. Okay. So that's, that's another layer piece of, of how discernment can uh, come about and be utilized. Okay. The next piece that I wanted to say is if we're making a decision from the holistic place, so like all-encompassing from all of who we are versus a fragmented place, what I mean by this is sometimes there can be a discrepancy even within our our own being of maybe the head wants one thing, but the heart says something else. Or maybe the head and the heart are online, but the gut says something different. So we can proceed without practicing and consciously being discerning. We might be moving forward without actually saying, what part of me isn't online right now? What part am I leaving behind in order to move forward with this person. So an example might be uh, someone, let's just, I don't know, popped in, like someone asks you to marry them. Okay, well, maybe you've always wanted to get married. And maybe it's the right time in your life to get married. And yet maybe something else inside also says, "I I don't know, something, something feels off. If we ignore that part and we say, well, you know, we'll just kind of choose what's more logical or what makes more sense, or we'll choose the fantasy of what we hope it will be, as opposed to what are the whole, the, all of us has to be on board or online in these types of big decisions about who you're going to share your life with, who you're going to bring into your life as a partner or as a mate. So if we are practicing discernment, then we will really pause and we will pay attention to whether or not all parts of us are on the same page for various reasons, or if we're maybe more fragmented in different ways. And if we're more fragmented and not practicing discernment, we're likely going to get into trouble or run into trouble at some point because those disowned parts that didn't want us to make that decision, or that knew something that we didn't really fully want to be aware of, those parts will eventually come up to be reintegrated into the whole. Our bodies, our psyches, our our hearts and minds are always moving towards wholeness, even if it doesn't feel that way or seem that way. It wants integration. So disintegration, fragmentation, and still proceeding forward means we're not practicing discernment. Pausing, waiting to see if we can find why or what's going on inside, and really honoring ourselves that's practicing the discernment. Finally, I was thinking about, you know, practicing discernment also means allowing for there to be adversity versus um, kind of ignoring that and and falling into the shadow side of that, which is red flags. So how do you discern whether or not it is what is to be expected? Like there's going to be challenges that arise in any encounter, in any relationship, because it's people, right? There's two people here trying to bring their lives together. You would need discernment in order to be able to tell, is this more just adversity that's going to bring us closer together through time as we kind of make our way through this and grow versus is this, are these red flags? And if I'm not practicing discernment, then one, I'm just going to kind of have on those either rose colored glasses and not be able to see the redness because I don't want to see them. Or I'm just going to feel or or Think they're there or no? On some level, they're there, but I'm I'm just going to ignore them. And again, these are clues or other indicators of hey, um, danger, danger, warning, warning, red means stop. We've known that from elementary school, so. What in me is resisting stopping? Why am I so afraid? Well, maybe it's because I know that if I stop, I'm going to see something that's going to pop this bubble or it's going to terrify me and I won't know how to react to that. So I don't want to practice discernment right now. I just want to kind of keep moving forward. There's uh, this final thing that I want to say around this, which is very often In relationships, and and no, really in life, we are making decisions based on a survival instinct rather than what feels sustainable through time. And if we don't practice discernment, if we don't know ourselves, if we don't take the time to really have relationship internally, just as much as we're willing to invest on the outside, then there's no way we're going to be able to tell whether or not we are Making a decision, you know, based on, again, that that survival, that drive, that instinct to stay safe, stay alive, uh, not be abandoned, not be alone, not challenge this person because I can sense there's a lot of danger there if I were to confront them. Those are places we don't want to make big relational decisions from. We want to make it from that place of sustainability and be able to discern is this a person that my nervous system is going to feel safe with, can feel secure with, that's truly on the ground with me, that can be here for and with me, that I also feel uh, that I can I can be there with as well? So these are just some, some things to contemplate. Again, there's there's just so much in these encounters. And my heart truly goes out to everyone who has gone through these types of very destructive. Um, they're not just disillusionments. They're, they're catastrophic in many ways. These, these, um, encounters, I, I'm just going to call them encounters because we can't call them relationships because I don't think really a lot of these people we're talking about have been capable of even having a relationship. So these encounters with people that, um, for one reason or another, are so unconscious or are uh, so wounded themselves that they know nothing better to do or nothing else to do, let's say, rather than, than go out and hurt and destroy and try to uh, feed off of, try to control, try to manipulate, try to tear down and, and really gain power uh, from that level of, of influence and control over another. I will put a few resources in the show notes if anyone does need additional support and places to look to for uh, narcissistic abuse, healing from narcissistic abuse. I know there's a lot of great podcasts out there about this and and other resources as well. I'm also going to put a plug in too uh, for the Beating Hearts Club, which is uh, something that I've started where I really am trying to develop a community where people who are heart-centered and alive and online want to be able to connect, want to be able to preserve, want to be able to feel safe and, and really keep their hearts open. This is really, really important to me because I think these exact things I'm talking about, these very alarming encounters with people are the very things that romantics, that kind of can turn a romantic into a cynic. Or into someone who doesn't trust themselves anymore, or who feels unsafe living from the heart. And if you're not living from the heart, then you're really not being your true self, especially for romantics. So, this is uh, I, I have a community available if you're interested in that as well. It's just getting started, but I'd love to have you love to be able to unpack these types of experiences, Uh, love to be able to support one another, and really um, breathe life and healing into the hearts of those who have really suffered at the hands and at the mercy of, of those kind of darker encounters. All right. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you next episode. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you're interested in learning about ways to work with me, head over to my website, themoderndayromantic.com. From there, you'll be able to contact me and learn a bit more about the customized intensives and retreats I offer both individuals and couples. You'll also be able to support future podcast production via Patreon. There are several membership levels to choose from, including the Beating Hearts Club, which gives you access to exclusive content every month. Thanks so much for your support, and I'll see you next episode.